Hey, Josie. Hey, Sheila. How have you been sleeping? Uh, do I sleep? I, I don't know anymore. Oh, that's a question I could ask myself, too. But strangely, the last few weeks, yeah. I've been having the weirdest dreams. Really? Yeah, really weird. Work dreams, real life dreams. All I know is the Sandman can move on. I don't want him in my house anymore. So you don't want Morpheus hanging around? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Potheads Who Read and Potheads Who Read. Potheads Who Read. Yeah. Sorry, I thought I was gonna get that in sync with you. (laughs) We're never in sync. We should practice it sometime. We should, maybe one day. One day. What has been going on? Uh, Life. I. Well, we just celebrated my son's ninth birthday. Yes, and we so went, cute. We went to, um, well, I did my yearly big birthday cake for him that I always do, and I think I nailed it. Definitely and nailed it. It turned out so awesome. Turned out awesome. It, it was literally like, he told me months ago what he wanted, and I didn't even start thinking, working on it until like a week before. <laughs> I used to take months to plan it, and now I'm just like, I got this, apparently. Like, someday I'm not going to have it. Um, Let's see what happens with one week's notice. Or one day, you know. We should definitely post a side-by-side of the design by Dash and the cake by Shia. Yeah. It turned out so cute. I was with a couple of my friends here in Chicago, when you sent the pictures and I was excitedly asking all these like women, have you ever heard of Beyblades and none of them have kids? Like no, they're like, no. Okay. I hadn't either, but now I know all about them. Let me tell you about it. So let me babe. tell you. So my son's birthday cake was a Beyblade stadium and about a week and a half, two weeks before his birthday, I sat him down with some colored pencils and paper and I was like, Oh, we had, and I forget, sorry, we had gone to the grocery store and we bought, like, all his decorations that he wanted to put on the cake, and I sat him down and we got home, and I was like, design your birthday cake, and I then took the design and made it real life, and it was a Beyblade Stadium, which are fighting tops, that's the best way yeah. for me to describe it. I and so it had two Beyblades on it and it was kind of concave on top and it it had all the things that he wanted so oh yeah it worked his favorite color yellow lots of sprinkles it looks so good it was yummy it looked delicious and it wasn't like it was one tier it was three tiers it was actually just two Two tiers well two tiers it was two nine uh two round nine by nines or whatever they are Nine inch rounds, nine by nine. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I just make cake. <laughs> um, two nine inch rounds, and then I got like a six inch like bowl kind of for the top, 
And basically okay. that was, it was like two full cake mixes, but then I had to cut out part of the piece that was on top. So yeah, I guess it was kind of like three or four cakes. It all. looked like, it looked like three tiers, but maybe it was only just two. It, it, it was a lot. <laughs> it's probably it's probably like four actually now that I think yeah, about it. Yeah, everybody was real impressed though. They were very impressed with with it and the reel that you made and put on. It was like super cute. Yeah, I'll have to share that on the Facebook page. Yeah, we'll we'll do a side by side and we'll share we'll share the reel. Um, yeah, and then you guys took a fun trip. Yeah, we went down to um, Disney and Universal and um, Disney. It said. He had a t-shirt because it was my son's golden birthday and I had I made him a shirt for Disney that said it's my golden birthday and it had Mickey Mouse the Mickey Mouse um, head in the background and then for Universal I made t-shirts or I made him a t-shirt that said um, I solemnly swear it's my golden birthday and it had a golden snitch under it and it was so cute. So cute. And we have a picture of him um, in front of the dragon at Diagon Alley, where on on top of Eric's shoulders, like, I was just going to have Dash stand, but Eric decided he had to put him on his <laughs> shoulders, and we got in him front with of, his... Is it in front of Gringotts? Yeah, it's Gringotts. And yeah. the dragon, like, every 10 minutes, if you don't know this, every 10 minutes or so, the dragon shoots... Um, fire out of its mouth and so we had dash on top of eric's shoulders and he was showing off his shirt and showing off the dragon shooting fire <laughs> it was super cute it was cute so but it was fun it was a fun weekend and i was glad that we had the opportunity since we live close to to take him down there it did help that we had um, extra days on our tickets still, so we can still use them. <laughs> so yeah, it's not like we, sure. just, we just don't go down to Disney every weekend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about you? I, I have just had the exciting life of work. <laughs> Actually, um, work has slowed down a little bit, so I'm not working seven days. I'm That's fabulous. Like I'm working like five and a half or six, like cumulatively, but it's been fun. Um, you know, I was helping a friend move and that's not fun, but it's yeah. fine. Exciting beginnings, you know, and then yeah, um, she, she's like a neighbor now. Yeah, she's like 30 seconds away from me, which is great. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. Our work celebrated their 15th birthday, so we had 15-cent pancakes on sale. Oh, not fair. I know. Birthday. So I know, was that a... Closer. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, if you would just open one someplace else. I know. <laughs> was that I mean, all the 15, the... the 15 locations we have just don't work for you. I know. Was that at all the um, yolks across the country or just in Chicago? Yeah. All okay. of them across the country. Except um, for Georgia, because they don't. I know. We don't have them in Georgia stuff. yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, our manager down in the Florida store put out a really cute sign with balloons. And then it was just really nice. And I just actually had my anniversary with work. And I've been there for seven years. So 
I can't believe it. I guess, yeah, Dash was two when you um, started there, because you started yeah. there right before you came out to visit us in Monterey, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's been a whirlwind. It's kind of weird to believe, like, it's seven years, but then it also feels like only seven. Like, right. I feel like I've been there so much longer. But, yeah, I mean... We're just getting ready for the holidays. Like, I'm personally just getting ready for the holidays. I feel like I have a lot of my shopping underhand. And mm. I have so many kids that I'm buying for that I think I have all the kids bought for at least something. Well, if you haven't bought my child anything, he requested bubble wrap. I actually, I have to look. I don't think I have <laughs> bought him anything yet. Maybe I'll just get him a huge roll of bubble wrap. It was so funny. I'm dying. I know that was so funny when I read that. So my child tonight, he had a sheet of bubble wrap that he'd been popping recently and he's popping it. And I was like, trying to be funny. And I was like, Hey, would you like bubble wrap for Christmas? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, really? And he's like, yes, I want a big roll of bubble wrap. <laughs> and like in my head I said okay that's what you're getting I'm not telling you that but that is what you're getting bubble wrap and Eric's like we're gonna bubble wrap every single gift and give him a big roll of bubble wrap like when That'll he's 40 amazing. when he's 40 he's gonna be telling his kids how one year his parents gave him bubble wrap yeah, it's amazing. And he's at the perfect age because he'll actually remember it, that he yeah. asked for it. And it wasn't like, when you were a kid, this is what you asked for. He'll be like, <laughs> yeah, when I was nine, this is what I asked for. And they they lived up to that. <laughs> yeah. I um This last weekend, I did get to go spend time with my friend. They just moved back a couple months ago. And they have their four kids. And mm -hmm. one of my godchildren is one of their children. And she is obsessed with my long hair. Yeah. And every time she sees me, Aunt Jojo, can I please play with your hair? Uh -huh. And I had it up in a ponytail, like a messy, messy bun, and I let her take it down. And it was just the funniest thing because she was like, Aunt Jojo, your hair is a hot mess, but <laughs> I am going to fix it. <laughs> and, of course, her mom immediately was like, you do not say that. That is mean. And I was like, look, kid, you're not wrong. I'll let you say it this one time <laughs> because it's true. But you have to promise me and make a deal that you'll never tell me my hair is a hot mess again. And she just got the cutest smile and she was like, okay, I'll never say it again. <laughs> and then like later we were with her other mom and she was like, we were laughing. I was like, oh, yeah, she told me my hair was a hot mess. And she was like, you don't say that. That's so mean. And I looked at her and I was like, but we have a deal, right? And she just started giggling. And she goes, <laughs> I only got to say it today. Never again. And I was like, that's right. That's the deal. But she, I mean, she's five. And yeah. I've had five-year-olds play with my hair before. Yeah. My hair has been, like, long and short and, like, all different lengths. I have to say she's probably one of the best five-year-olds with my hair. She braids it. She put it in oh. a bubble ponytail today or the other day. She put like a sparkle bow in my hair and 
It was just so cute. And she was like, can I take a picture of the back of your hair so you can just see how beautiful you look now? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so it was really cute. It's fun. I mean, all the all their kids are so sweet and so nice. And like their oldest son just turned 11. And we always tease him about being a preteen. And I'm like, Tradell, are you too old to give me a hug still or like is it still cool to give your aunt a hug right and he's like yeah I can give you a hug and so then I like bring him in and I like just started tickling him and he's like I didn't say you could tickle me and I was like I never said I wouldn't (laughs) he just started (laughs) laughing like I don't know it's it's always so fun to see the kids and just like hang out with them and it's always full of laughs and yeah yeah, so it was a nice relaxing Saturday this last weekend for that. But that's good. I'm definitely neglecting all of my housework. <laughs> I did I did clean and like do some meal prepping yesterday, but Yeah. I just kind of feel like, you know, laundry can happen when it happens. But then I also get into a lot of trouble because then I have so many so much laundry to do, but you know, it's I told you how to fix this problem. I know. Fluff and fold. I swear by I, it. I know. <laughs> um, I know. It, it was a lifesaver for me. It, it was like <laughs> a life changer for me. And I have a washer and dryer in my house. But it just took away something that I hate to do. So. Yeah. Also, you know, it, once I decide to do it, I'm fine. It just takes me a long time to decide to do it. Well, if you're working seven days a week, it's hard to do it, too. So Yeah, that, too. Also, I would do anything over laundry. Who likes laundry? I actually know people who do like laundry. I mean, I guess that's the same for me. I don't mind doing dishes, and I love scrubbing my tub, and there's other people who are like, never. Right. Um, yeah, but I also just kind of feel like there's times to be had now and, like, memories to be made that, like, laundry can happen later. I totally get it. Yeah. Well, um. Should we move on from yeah. all the exciting and invigorating laundry talk? Yeah. Fluff and fold, that's my suggestion. There we go. <laughs> I know, it. I need to do that. Fluff and fold, definitely. Okay, so with us kind of getting back into the podcast, we, you know, re-looked at, like, some of the stuff that we did before, and we might may have forgotten some things in the last one, <laughs> like our handy-dandy Harry Potter fact. So I found this on, hold please, this is on Screen Rant, the website. Mm-hmm. And it was 15 weird canonical facts that came out after the books. And I am not going to give you all of them, but I am going to give you one of them. All right. And Sheila, you are going to be so shocked. Okay, maybe not. I am? The the most shocked about this fact. (laughs) Except for the fact that I already read it to you and you already know what it is. Um, okay, the Chamber of Secrets was intended to be dot 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 less secret. Salazar Slytherin had a lot of wicked ideas. Most notable was, of course, his opinion that only purebloods should learn magic. 
But not all of his ideas started out so sinister. In fact, his chamber of secrets was originally intended as just a special classroom. It only became evil when Slytherin needed a secret place to plot his worsening schemes. Maybe that's what makes makes the character of Slytherin so frightening. Some of his ideas started out as innocuous, but because of his prejudice and unshifting worldview, he became irreversibly evil. Although, the whole pureblood thing was a bad idea right off the bat. Man, that's deep. I mean, for like, just the time that we have going on right now. Oh, yeah. And I mean, with other times, too. But it kind of really resonates with some of the stuff that's been happening within our country. So, very interesting. Um, definitely. 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 Topical. <laughs> <laughs> with All right. So many things that we've been talking about in our personal chats. Yes, and all everywhere within or with each group of people. So, um, yeah, I think that's very resonating. Yes. All right. So, um, we read this month. Well, yeah. Actually. Okay, read, but listen, because I'm listen, almost yeah. positive this is an Audible original. Yes, it, it is. is. This is an Audible original, specifically made from Audible. Yeah. The only way you're going to get this story is if you find the graphic novel. Yeah, and this is, um, so we decided to read The Sandman by Neil Gaiman we both decided on it. And the only reason we both decided on it was we both had it in our Audible account. Like, we had both already downloaded it or whatever. So we were like, oh, let's let's do that one. So that yeah. that was why. Nobody really suggested it. We just went through our, our thing, to our, our library on Audible to see which books we had that were the same books. Yeah. Um, Saving, trying to save save ourselves some more money or credits. Money, time, credits. <laughs> you know. Go um, through what we've already picked to get off of our to-be-read list. Right. And this is um, a graphic novel, but we listened to it. It says, or for the synopsis. When the Sandman, also known as Lord Morpheus, the immortal king of dreams, stories, and the imagination is pulled from his realm and imprisoned on earth by a nefarious cult. He languishes for decades without fire. Sorry, I can't read. He languishes for decades before finally escaping. Once free, he must retrieve the three tools that will restore his power and help him to rebuild his dominion, which has deteriorated in his absence. As a multi-threaded story on spools, the Sandman descends into the hell to confront Lucifer, chases rogue nightmares who have escaped his realm, and crosses paths with an array of characters from DC Comics, ancient myths, and real-world history, including inmates of Gotham City's Arkham Asylum, Dr. Destiny, the Muse Calliope, and the Three Fates. William Shakespeare, and many more. And that, that's basically it. And they, um, the audio book 
production is um, a lot of actors, voices you're gonna recognize. Um, so give it a, I would say, check it out if you're interested in kind of a audio drama story. Yeah, it definitely listens like a melodrama. Yeah. Um, so a quick 30 second plot line. We a 30 second ish plot line. This doesn't really have a super specific plot line except for the Sandman himself, Morpheus. Um, you learn a lot about Morpheus through time, space, and dreams with each chapter of the book. So every chapter is a different story um, having to do with different realms, different things, times in history, different things that happen. And some of them, some of the stories connect and have through lines. Some of them are their own entity and every chapter is its own story. So it's really kind of hard to do it an actual plot line. So yeah. that's the best way to kind of do it. For sure. So Shia, since you really picked next month's book, how yeah. about you tell me your first impressions or your initial impressions? Um, it was a little slow for me in the beginning, but I just like powered through it as I did like I crafting or house cleaning or whatever it was I was doing. But initially, like I was intrigued with, who was who and what the first part when he gets brought into the um like earthly realm versus his dream realm I that wasn't like my favorite story but there's other stories that I enjoyed throughout the book I liked every scene with with death like I loved all of those the cat one was really interesting um there's just so much to it that, like, I ended up kind of going, oh, I, that's interesting, or I really liked it. Like, there's, like, this whole section that I think people that are really into murder mystery would would really enjoy with the, um like, comic con of serial killers. Yeah. Section. I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> they called it, what, serial con? It was, it was funny, but... yeah. Um, well, not that whole section, but the name, what they called it, because the people thought it was a, strangers thought it was a serial Food. breakfast cereal convention, but it was a serial killer convention. And so it was just, it was really interesting, like catching the characters. And I really liked when some of the stories tied in with like a story from earlier in the book, you know, like I was like, oh, I kind of remember that. <laughs> that mm-hmm. makes any sense. There was one part where I was like, oh, I feel like I remember reading about that or hearing about that story. And then I was like, oh, yeah, yep, yep, that, that was it. It was <laughs> it was in this one. It wasn't in something else I read or saw. So, um, but initially I, I did. I enjoyed it. it um, except for, like, I thought it was a little slow, but I just had to kind of get past that. Mm-hmm. I think it was just getting past, like, kind of setting it up for me that I had to get past. And then yeah. after that, when it really kind of, like, got into him starting his journey and getting the the three things that he needed to rebuild his kingdom or his his world, his dream world, um, 
it flowed better for me, if that makes any sense. Yeah. What about you? So my initial response to this was kind of like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, that was kind of like that too, I guess. But then I realized that you and I, we had both found this and downloaded it months ago. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we both really enjoyed Neverwhere. I think... It was free. It was free for... Yeah, it was free. We both really enjoyed Neverwhere. I've read some of his other stuff that... Some of it's a hit, some of it's a miss. Like, I kind of always... I'm almost positive he did Stardust. I always forget that. He did Stardust. But I remember liking that movie and liking the book... But then, like, Good Omens, which I loved the Amazon series, Mm -hmm. the book took me forever to get through it. And there were a lot of parts of the book I had to push myself through to read. I love the book. But I did an audio, I read, I listened to the audio book of Good Omens. And I did listen to audio of American Gods. Yeah, I would like to read American Gods. So, for me, like, I forgot it was a graphic novel and Mm -hmm. associated with DC Comics. Because at the beginning, when it kept going to Arkham, I was like, what am I listening to? Like, (laughs) what's happening? What is going on? And I did kind of have to push through it a little bit, like you said. But once... In my brain, I figured it out without, I should have just went back and looked at the book details, and I meant to, just kept forgetting, and then I just kept listening to it. Mm-hmm. Um, James McAvoy does the voice of Morpheus, aka the Sandman. I and I love him. <laughs> I know I love him. I've loved him for years. Yes. He's one of my favorites. He's I could amazing. listen to him talk. All day long. Right. Um, Neil Gaiman does, like, the narration in between a lot of the stuff of, like, the setup for the stories. And I really like his voice and his setup. Taryn Egerton was um, Constantine. Yeah. And Michael Sheen, he was was in Good Omens, and he does a bunch of other things. Like, he was Lucifer- in the hell story. Yeah. I think the story that really grabbed grabbed me really fast was like the serial killer convention, but hell, the thing that happened in hell. Yeah. Really intrigued me. But I also kind of looked at each chapter as kind of like its own cautionary tale. Yeah. And I especially liked that, like the one with the muse, the one with William Shakespeare. I really enjoyed the story where Morpheus talks with the one gentleman and they meet every 100 years. I loved that one. Um, I did like that one. When I just loved how it ended where he's like, well, you don't keep a friend waiting because the whole question yeah. was. You you see a gentleman every 100 years go from Dark Ages, England, like 1389, I think yeah. it was, or 1489, and then go through, like, the Golden Age, 
Renaissance, slave trade, yeah. industrial revolution, right up until 1989. Yeah. And in 1889, he's, he sort of is discussing with Morpheus all the stuff that happened, like how his son died and his wife died and all these things happened. And Morpheus is so intrigued because he just wonders why this mortal is so excited to keep living with all the stuff that he's seeing and everything that he's doing and, you know, the amends that he makes and the stuff that he does. And they kind of have uh, a little spat where the gentleman tells Morpheus, you meet me every 100 years. It's because you want a friend. Yeah. And Morpheus just gets enraged. Like, I don't need that. I'm a, I'm beyond this. I'm the controller of a realm. I'm the prince of the dream, you know? And then at the end, a hundred years later, it's, Oh, you don't keep a friend waiting because I I think what makes Morpheus such a great character is that he does have compassion for the human world he grew he he sees people's dreams the good the bad and everything yeah and he has to control that and so he does have some human human elements to him for sure and I feel like for you know however millennia he was the Morpheus that he had always been he had always kind of been it but he always knew certain things were wrong, like slavery was wrong and mm-hmm. this, so many things are wrong. But he always kind of thought him more important and more like, he, you know, he definitely thought he was kind of godly or felt more godly um, yeah. to people. And until like, till he is like kidnapped and then imprisoned for like, you know, I think it's four decades a it's couple a long of time. It, well, yeah, it was, it's some decades. It, I don't think it, it's like centuries, but it's decades. It, I think in a, his realm, it, it was yeah. centuries, but on like human, whatever, it was only it was like, like 40 years, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm going to say maybe 60 years. Cause, yeah, maybe 60. Because it was around a war, and I can't remember if it was World War One or World War Two. So, but he yeah. gets, <laughs> and I think him being caught and a prisoner for so long he just kind of learned that you know like he wasn't treated well and you know he just learned how to after that you you, you just saw him grow after he got out and mm-hmm. how he treated people you just saw it change and yeah it was it was really refreshing something that we learned from our like theater studies is that like you always have to have a character that grows it was a nice growth. Sometimes you don't yeah. see the growth happen well, or it doesn't really happen at all. Or but, it's too subtle. and yeah. yeah. Or it's or maybe it's too much and it's not, like, realistic. Like, I really felt like yeah. he grew and he wanted to become friends with that gentleman. And, you know, he, I don't know, he just. I think especially with. I I think there's two things. One, especially in the first scenes with death, one of them is you see the limitation of his power. He's not allowed to kill people unless they directly influence the dream world, like the vortex with Rose and everything. 
But you also see when he talks to some of his other siblings, brother, sisters, desire, intrigue, like some of those things that he does reign over some of them. So he does have powers over his people in his realm, in his power, his realm or whatever, but not so much that affect more than just the dreams. Right. And then you really get to see that. And then I think the other thing was, oh, my gosh, did I forget it? Oh, no. The other through line that you see is there's a couple chapters with William Shakespeare. Yeah. And he makes a deal. It's the start of it is in the first chapter where you see um, the every hundred years friendship build up. Yeah. One of those years he talks to William Shakespeare. Yeah. And you don't know what happens. You don't know what's going on. Yeah. And the very last chapter you learn what their deal was. Yeah. And one of my favorite lines in the entire book was in the end. And he goes, even if you present people with the outcome right away, they'll still choose whatever gives them like their own glory. Yeah. And I was like, man, if I was presented with some of these things, what would I choose as a creative person, mm-hmm. a writer? If, if somebody came and made a deal with me and told me, you'll become an excellent writer, but right. then you're going to have to pay sometime later in your life and you have no idea what it is. Would I be like, I don't care. I want it. I, yeah. I want whatever you have to give me. Cause I want it so bad. And with Shakespeare, it was the death of his son yeah, yeah. when he was only 11. And yeah. he, he has the conversation with one of the fairies because it's for the Midsummer's Night Dream, which I really liked how they interwove that story with the really... real fairies seeing the story of themselves with the yeah. humans. It was very interesting how he wrote that. It was well done, um, yeah. Yeah, it was so well done. They even say, like, does he know what the consequence is? And he is... He flat out said if he knew the consequence, I don't think it would have changed his mind because this is what he wanted so badly. Yeah, he wanted to be a good writer. Yeah, and he even said it. He said his his work will withstand time. It'll go through centuries and never fade and it'll stay constant and be exactly what it's supposed to be. Yeah. And because of that, he would not give that up like the consequence would not be given up because of that. Yeah. Um, and what, like, Marlo was a little, like, character that you just kind of heard about. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, like, theater people, we know about Marlo and how, like, he and Shakespeare kind of had the, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just they had, like, a competition of trying to be, like, yeah, the rivalry. better. Yeah. A rivalry. Thank you. I'm, like, competition. Um, <laughs> yeah, but a rivalry of being, like, the next best playwright. And um, at the end, like, Shakespeare kind of teaches um, Morpheus, like, a lesson. But Morpheus, like, tells him that Marlowe had died. And um, Shakespeare's, like, oh, that, that's horrible, like my friend and Morpheus is like he's your friend what like 
he didn't understand and like Shakespeare was like no like just because like we didn't necessarily get along didn't mean that we weren't friends you know like right that there wasn't that respect and ad- admiration for each other's yeah. work I think a lot of it also was how it was said it was right before the show yeah it was just very casual like laissez-faire like oh you won't have to worry about him he died he got stabbed in the head yeah because <laughs> it was also like kind of graphic <laughs> it was it was very surprising he got stabbed in the head in a bar fight you'll be fine you you didn't want to compete with him anyway yeah, so it's yeah. fine and then he's like Shakespeare's like that's horrible my poor friend you know and mm-hmm. but yeah I love that whole last last section with Shakespeare and and the fairies and yeah a Midsummer Night's Dream it was really they just did a really really great job with that one I really enjoyed how they blended real history with fictional history with fantasy with different genres I didn't necessarily get the Arkham Hall bits and I thought it was going to go back and forth and I was trying to figure out how it was going to work I do think Arkham Arkham's storyline ended perfectly in time yeah like towards the beginning I don't think I would have liked that to go on too much longer but I also appreciated that later in the in the novel there was still a nod back to that when Rose's friend was one of the people that was associated in the diner with that storyline. So there were some subtle storylines through where they kind of intersected very um, carefully. So you would definitely have to pay somewhat attention to everything for that. Yeah. I mean, the performances were great. The stories were good. The music was good. Yeah. Kat Denning as Death was... So good. I loved loved it. She was, like, the perfect fit for it. And I just loved how we don't ever really think about Death being a compassionate person or creature or or thing whatever you want to like yeah consider death and death in this story is just very compassionate you know like I'm sorry but it's your time to go now and yeah like it was just you know like that's who you would want to take you away (laughs) yeah straightforward yeah but not in a not compassionate way right and Kat Denning just did such a great job and when she first showed up it was so funny because when she first showed up started talking to Morpheus he's sitting on a bench like grumpy at the world because his his realm has like fallen apart and he's trying to rebuild it because by this point he has all his pieces that he needs to like build it back up but he's just feeling sad for himself. And it's like this girl comes and sticks nuts to him and she starts talking to him like, are you OK? What are you doing? You're like she just starts asking him all these questions. And all I could think of is I'm like, she knows him. And like, but it's coming across as like they don't know each other. But yeah, in my head, I'm like, they know each other. And then all of a sudden she's like, 
she just like finally lets out on him like I can't believe you did that and you could have told me you know we're best friends like they they were very close it seemed like brother sister relationship yeah because she was older than him older yeah she oh, was I older yes yeah so it was just very like I just I just love like that whole that yeah. whole very first oh. bit when you're meeting her and just even her whole like every part she was in I just I loved her in I loved her like the three deaths because you you see her handle a couple different deaths I loved the comedian at the serial convention yeah um and just how salty the comedian was because she just said oh my goodness they didn't, un- didn't no but no comedian wants to literally die on stage right and she's like that's that's what I get um and then the boy playing soccer with his friends yeah and then the baby the baby that was it was fun. it was and it was so quick and it I think that one was the one that like just really spoke to the compassion. Yeah. Because she was like, Oh, we got to go to New Jersey. And you kind of think it's going to be the mom. Yeah. The way it's set up. And then you just hear the little baby's voice just come through. That's all I get. That's all the time. Yep. That's all you get this time. Yeah. It's a short time on, on life, but you did what you had to do, you know, just yeah. kind of like it was a short time, but you did exactly what you needed to do already. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. I, the, that also reminded me of the show. It, it's older and it's by, I think, Brian Fuller, um, Dead Like Me. Did you ever uh, watch that? Yes. I love that one. I love that one. And that just, of- seasons but that's yeah it did not have enough seasons the movie that they tried to pull off to to end the series was so bad yeah but it was the same thing where you saw the difference if somebody was greeted compassionately and if somebody wasn't and yeah it just kind of showed what needed to happen or what should happen and yeah it was so good that way was there anything you didn't like about the book? I'm trying to think. I don't remember, like, anything I really disliked or hated. Um, the first part was just a little slow and trying to figure out what was going on a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. who that weird um, group was that brought him. Like, I felt like, I know they told us why they brought him, but I wanted to know more, like, why they brought him. But... I don't even remember that, that part, if that tells you anything about the beginning. <laughs> See, so, and that's the thing. It's, like, I'm wondering, like, if I was doing too much when I was listening. Like, I, Which it, I could have been, too, so. I just, I know the old man um, that was in charge of the cult thingy was just, he wanted to bring death. And he, they brought morpheus instead on accident and they just you know like they, they, they wanted power i guess they were trying to cheat death by bringing death into the world but i don't know like i just i was like what's going on yeah i, guess, I think that's just me 
trying to be like, I need more info. Because sometimes I just want more info. Well, but you also find out later that Morpheus purposely went with them because it's in one of his conversations with death. Yeah. Where Morpheus flat, flat out tells her, like, they were there for you, and you know what that what would have happened if they got you. Yeah. So it appears as though it's all an accident, and then you, that's kind of one of the things that you find out about Mar- Morpheus is he purposely interjected and went because it was going to be more catastrophic if death was caught than him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think, like, is there anything I really, really disliked? I think sometimes just trying to piece things together. But it wasn't, like, I hated it. And it wasn't, like, a pure dislike. It was just kind of like, wait, what's going on? Sort of thing. Yeah. And then I just decided I can't piece it all together. It's not meant to be pieced. Yeah, I I definitely consciously had to make that dis, that same thought. And once I did that, I was able it's to easier. enjoy it so much better. I wish I would have done that sooner. Yeah. But I also wish I would have remembered that this was like an Audible original. And it was specifically made to be like this, a production. Right. And that it was a graphic novel. I totally forgot that it was affiliated with DC Comics and that it was based off of a novel or graphic novel. Once I figured that out, I've read enough graphic novels to realize how they work that I was able to say, oh, that's why it's like this. It's a graphic novel on audio form giving us a production. Right. So it has to be the visuals. And once I realized that, even, like, in my head as I'm watching everything happen, I could see, like, the little bubbles of, like, conversation happening. And, like, there was one scene I can't – I would not even be able to tell you what story it is. But there was something that was happening in the background. And I could see, like, the person in the background with the little bubble in the same square – of the of the graphic to kind of just be like um all of this is happening at one time and it was yeah the person popping up with their little word bubble I don't know if I really have anything that I disliked about it or conned about it except for just in my own listening which is everything I just stated right it it was more us versus the the story or the production yeah it was us it it definitely was me. I did not understand it. I still don't know if I fully understand what I listened to, but I'm here for it. But I do also feel very conflicted with Neil Gaiman, where I I feel some of his work is very hit or miss for me. Mm-hmm. It Good Omens took me so long to read that book because I set it down and never needed to go back to it. Right. But this as complex as the story was, I was able to pick it up and continue reading where I left off. What I since we're kind of talking about Neil Gaiman is that like so every every author, every story writer is like 
a storyteller. But then there's some that come out into the world, like Neil Gaiman, and they are not just, they are like tribal storytellers. Like he tells stories mm-hmm. how I feel tribes have been telling stories for thousands and thousands of years. Mm-hmm. I think it helps that his content is a lot of mythological oh, for sure. And, um anthropological yeah type stories. Yeah, it's, but like even with like Neverwhere origin stories. Yeah, like even with Neverwhere, you know, it was just kind of it was just this I don't, I don't, I just don't know how to, like, it, it's a, tr- like, he's a true t- storyteller. Like, yeah, that is what he was brought on this earth to do. And I mean, it's obvious he has tons and tons of books and, mm-hmm. you know, TV shows and movies and graphic novels. And we just, right. he's just, he's amazing. And like, for me, I'm always just impressed with like the voice he actually is able to put into all of his pieces of works. For sure. I still think of everything I've read of his, and I would like to get into a lot of his mythologies and stuff like that. Um, I have not gotten there yet. I do want to read like American Gods and some of the other ones. Yeah. I do have to say, I think Neverwhere has been my absolute favorite of anything I've read of his, where I would want to go back and read it again. And experience it again. Yeah. Now, this does make me intrigued. I think I would want to pick up the graphic novel and actually see how the graphics correlate with the story. I think it would be a lot of fun. I wonder if there's a lot more Easter eggs between the stories that are maybe on the pages that you don't get in when you're looking at just the words. But it did intrigued me enough I don't know if I could dive right back into it but yeah um I'm interested I I pointed out yeah I pointed out to Sheila that act two because that's the other thing is this is act one act two did come out recently or like September maybe October I don't remember what day but it just Um, came out yeah so act two came out and I do think it is something that I will download and listen to and just kind of see how the story unfolds. Also, I kind of want to see, since I understand what the setup of the the format's going to be and what it is, if I'll get to jump in and, and really enjoy it a lot faster than I was able to really enjoy this one. True. Um, another thing, though, is like, because how do I want to say this? I've, I listened to this, and after maybe about halfway through, I, I thought to myself, maybe, I don't know if I could read this. <laughs> yeah. Because there was just so much, and with the audio audio drama style of the book, it, it helped a lot. You know, it's like a little movie in your head. Mm-hmm. So... But I am curious if, like, having, like, the visuals, the graphic novel would, like, fix that problem. Yeah, if this was a normal novel, I don't think I would be able to read it. Yeah. As a graphic novel, I think I would be able to enjoy it. I think you're right. Um, And then Neil 
Gaiman also was the narrator. And I do have to say that not all authors can narrate their stories, but he is one of them that can. He's the exception to the rule for sure. I love I love it when he reads his story. Mm-hmm. And if you've never listened to any of his audio or, or any of his books as audiobooks, if you've watched um, Good Omens, I'm pretty sure he is it Good Omens. No, it's American Gods. He does some of the um, narrating in American Gods. Oh, nice. Very nice. Just a little tidbit for you to. <laughs> so if you've listened to it, you'll be like, oh, but he's kind of got this like interesting voice. It's not like. Yeah. But it's like a voice that like you could listen to. <laughs> I don't oh, know. for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, were there any characters that you really liked or disliked? Well, as I talked about before, I loved Death. Mm-hmm. Um, I just loved her. We talked about that earlier, so I won't like really get into why I love Death, but she's just she was good and compassionate, not what we really pictured. So, but mm-hmm. I really liked I really liked her. Uh, who else did I really like? I really grew to enjoy Morpheus. At first, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure, but by the end, I was like. I like you. I want to know more about you, Morpheus. So I liked him. And then, trying to think. I liked Gilbert, who was the... He was some sort of guide for Rose. He was, yeah, but he was a he, um, thing of Morpheus's like, dream world. And he's like a field. Yeah. It's a battlefield. And I can't think the name of the battlefield right now. But he's a place that became a person thing. Yeah. And um, I really liked him. Like, I don't know. He was just a good guy. I liked him. Trying to think. Like, there's a lot of, like, bad characters in the book. Yeah, um, so many bad characters. Doctor, Doctor Doom. Is it Doctor Doom? Um, Dr. Destiny. Destiny. <laughs> Destiny. I was a doom. <laughs> um, he was more like a, a doom to me. Um, I, interesting character. Did I like him? Not particularly, but I, you know, that's the point of him. He's a villain. He's been in Arkham. Yeah. His whole, like, story in the diner was, like, effed up. Um... Like, and I think that was probably, like, the worst, like, most graphic part of the whole novel was the the diner scene with Dr. Destiny. That, and then um, a little bit graphic when you get into Calliope the Muse. Yeah, a little not, bit. Not as graphic as the diner. No. And there is... Sorry, excuse me. There is a definite disclaimer at the, at the beginning, a content disclaimer, where they're very straightforward. Of like, this is not for children. This is not yeah. a story for young people. And yeah. the beginning is pretty much sets it up for that. Yeah. So, but I mean, all, overall, I really didn't have, like, a character that I really, really disliked. I, you know, just kind of, like, 
oh, you're a villain. So, like, obviously I'm not supposed to like you. Yeah. But. I, I really liked Rose. Rose, Vortex. yeah. I did enjoy Gilbert. My other one that I really, I really liked Lucifer. Yeah. He, I mean, Lucifer was just, you know, sort of just chilling, running his realm. And obviously was trying to take opportunity of the situation, but also was being very fair of like, well, this is how it's played. This is how it goes. He was. And that was, I, I did like how that character was done. He was. You know, like you said, very fair. Because when you think of the devil, you think of him kind of like conniving and willing to be sneaky to to get what he wants. But mm-hmm. in the end, and he wasn't really mad at like how it ended. You know, it wasn't. His- he was mad at the demon, not at at yeah. the outcome, not at Lucifer, yeah. uh, not Lucifer, not at um, Morpheus. Morpheus so. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also one of those things where in the middle of it, Morpheus didn't fully understand the game. Yeah. And he almost lost everything. And you could kind of see Lucifer sitting at the edge of his seat like, yes, this is yeah. going to be ours. Like, he's going to be ours. And then it just gets switched. And he very just like, well, he was the better man. He won. Yeah. You know. So I did like him. I liked Rose. Their characters kind of grew on me a little bit more, but um, Cain and Abel were kind of fun. Yeah. I didn't like Cain, but... I don't think you're really supposed <laughs> to like Cain, though. No. I, I felt bad for Abel, but Cain, I, I was like... I didn't like how blothering they made Abel. True. But then yeah. I'm also like, this dude has been killed several, several times. For an eternity. Yeah. He probably is going to be in a bit of shell shock of. why? Like, probably <laughs> not all there. Like, I love the beginning of their first story that they're in where Kane is. I have a present for you, brother. Yeah. It's, it's not going to hurt me, is it? Why would I give you a gift like that? What kind of brother would I be? And he's just like, Abel's just like you. You would give me a gift like that. You do this to me all the time. Is I it going to blow it. up? <laughs> and then at the very end of that first story with them, they go through everything. And then he's like, okay, Abel, open your gift. And you're just, you just like, Nothing was going to distract Kane from this gift, which yeah. I just thought was really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's full of a bunch of characters that you're supposed to dislike. So you're kind of picking yeah, the best of kind of the worst acting people. Yeah. But... There was obviously some bright lights in the care in in the through line. Ironically, death. You know, Rose. Yeah. Um, Rose's grandmother, Unity. Yes. There were there were some good good people in there as well. Yeah. Sheila. Yes. Big ma'am. question. What could that question be? Would you recommend it? I would. I would recommend this. I would definitely recommend it as a audiobook only because I haven't read the graphic novel but I would say hey if you like graphic novels go ahead and pick it up but maybe check out the the audio version as well yeah it 
definitely felt like a movie. I kind of want to get the graphic novel and then listen to it as I am looking at it. Just to see how different it is and how it kind of correlates with one another. I would definitely recommend this, though. As a Neil Gaiman fan, as a graphic novel fan, as an Audible fan, I think on any level, the production value is there for sure. Yeah. That you could definitely enjoy it. And even if not every story is going to be your story, the production of all of it is there is there and there are so many stories we didn't even get into because i feel like there's 20 chapters 19 chapters there's a lot well i Um, I say a lot but they're like uh, 20 isn't a lot (laughs) but when you're hearing it i feel like 20 chapters is not a lot but when you think of it in the sense that a play think of it as a play yeah and so it's like 20 acts, kind of. Or, yeah, 20 acts. Yeah. 20 acts. Yeah, 20. 20 episodes. So they call each story an episode. I think if you look at it in that sense of 20 episodes, 20 distinct stories, it does make it a lot. It does kind of put it a little bit more intense because... Not all of them are through lines. Some of them are very standalone. Yeah. The cat one, like we mentioned, the cat one. The cat one was very, this is the only story that you're going to get. Yeah. Um, oh, I Dash, didn't even... Dash, I, we were in the car listening to, like, the last half of the book. And Dash listened to that one with us. Like, he heard cat, and he's like, did it say cat? And so oh, he, he listened to it. And, like, luckily, that one is completely, like, very... PG-ish. Not PG. Okay, mm-hmm. PG-13, because, like, it does talk about, like, cats, like, eating humans or something. But, yeah. um, but, like, he enjoyed it, and, like, he he was able to associate with, like, well, you know, like, yeah, they were, lions would attack a man, and that makes sense. If cats were big, they would attack. <laughs> you yeah. know, he, he got it. He, it was, he was able to put it all together. Yeah, so, um, but, like, that one was just really... It was out there, but it wasn't really part of, like, anything else of the book. Yeah. Ra, the sun god, was the same way. The, yeah. The girl who went in. The only difference is you get death in there. Yeah. Um, towards the end. But there was, um, there was a lot of good things about it that I would say if, if these, if this is the genre that you're into, if these are the things that you like, if you like great nar- narration and um, character actors and stuff like that, kind of doing everything, this is going this to is, encompass all of that. And it's this is your so story. Good. This is your book. Yeah. Yeah, and I would definitely, I'm definitely going to check out the second one. Yeah, me too. Any other things, Shia, about this one? Any last thoughts or anything? Mm, no. Me neither. I feel very good about it. I enjoyed it. A lot of dark characters. A lot of cool things happening. Mm -hmm. Again, just the mix across all the genres of fiction, nonfiction, fantasy, everything all in one. Yes. Normally, I would tell you what I pulled from my bookshelf, but I have not been reading a lot. I've read this book, and I have one other book club book that I have not finished yet. (laughs) Oh, 
I don't you I haven't been told what the new book club book is. All the light we cannot see. Oh wait, we did discuss that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was like, I'm pretty sure that we have. <laughs> when did we sorry, we'll talk about that later, everybody. Yeah, we'll um, we'll discuss it later. <laughs> um I have questions, but never mind. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh um, yeah, the next book. Oh, well I was gonna say I, I could pull tell you what I've been re- reading. Oh yeah, you probably have been reading. Just because Not- I haven't, Sheila. Just because I haven't read, you haven't read. I'm just kidding. Been reading. Um, I've read two of the um, Riley Thorne books, like Riley Thorne and the Dead Guy Next Door, and oh, Riley. You keep telling me about those. Riley Thorne and the corpse in the closet or yeah the corpse in the closet um there's a third one I think but those are pretty they're fun little reads we just as a family just finished um in a grass sorry in a glass grimly which is um by Adam Gidwitz it's a series that my son loves uh and we what else did I just do? Oh, Dash and I are listening to I need to pull it up because I, I don't remember the exact title um, it's from the Upside Down Magic book series, and it is called The Big Shrink. And um, it's this series about these kids that have magic, but their magic is different than all the other kids' magic. And one of the characters, she turns into, she'll turn into a cat, and then after like a little while she can't control like holding the cat anymore and then she'll become a kitten dragon and she calls it a dritten and my child was a dritten for halloween this year so <laughs> uh but we love uh the upside down magic series and oh so, fun so we just we just uh i guess we're about halfway through book six of the upside down magic series yeah i have it. I have some on the docket. I'm going to be doing... Oh, I did read A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. That was good for another book club. Um, I have... I found this series by... I think his name is Christopher Moore. Yes. It's called A Dirty Job, and that is about Grim Reapers, which I've started. Um, I have The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue on my docket for another book club that's coming up so yeah I I do have things I do have things I mean those are just specific things that I have to read um so I just have to figure it out and then get back into my other stuff that I have the dirty job is just for me I just have to have time to listen to it yeah no I have a list of books that I won't tell you that I want to do so uh, right I mean, now could, mine could just go on yeah. forever so. right now it's like I just had to get through the fall like sometimes like fall's busy with like Halloween stuff and Thanksgiving or for us it's Halloween child's birthday non-pandemic years we have the Marine Corps birthday shortly either before or after well it's always November 10th the Marine Corps birthday is always November 10th but it's either before or after my child's birthday. So then I have to like wrangle that, but not last year or this year, thank God. And then, um, you know, Thanksgiving and then Christmas stuff. So I just feel like this time of the year that like sometimes I just don't, I don't get to 
do as much reading as I want like. to or want yeah. to or like to because I have I'm doing everything else okay. <laughs> yeah you have a lot going on That's okay. um so we all right do you want to announce the next book yes our next book is going to be a Tale Dark and Grim by Adam Gidwitz. And this is a like chapter book for children. And we're going to have a special guest with us. And that's going to be Dash, my little boy. And he's excited. And I'm excited. And I'm pretty sure Josie's excited. To, I am excited. To we have. also may or may not, we're going to find this out. It'll be a surprise to all of us. We may or may not have Andy joining us for that full novel as well. We just talked about it tonight. He's like, what? We just talked about it. But Andy will be like, no, I don't. Well, let me look into it. And then, okay, I finished the book, y'all. Tell me what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's we'll what usually happens. But, yeah, um, so A Tale Dark yeah, and Grim. It's a fun, um, fun story. If you know anything about Adam Gidwitz, he's um, he's also a he has a podcast called Grim Grimmer Grimmest that my child and I listen to like on repeat because he loves it. And he is also another author that is a very good narrator for his stories. So nice. Um, but yeah, I think I think that is about it. Yeah, I think that's it for me, too. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. What? All Twitter? Po- what? I know. Twitter? Twi- twi- Twitter tweet, tweet. Um, all of those can be found by just typing in our podcast name, Potheads Who Read a Podcast. Um, P-H-W-R, a podcast is the Twitter handle. Our Gmail, if you have book recommendations, comments, anything you want to share, that's Potheads Who Read at gmail.com or just dm us on facebook oh yeah yeah on any of that stuff twitter insta facebook dm us on anything um i think that's it is that it did i miss anything i think that we got it goodbye awesome oh my gosh yeah (laughs) we're still we're still reeling over our uh prisoners of pop culture ending um goodbye Bye. Uh, <laughs> go listen to our Squid Games episode with spoilers. Um, okay, well, I think that's it. So thank you for reading with us. And go crack a book open. Bye. Bye.